Hey folks, and welcome to an episode of the Elixir Mix podcast. Uh, this is Charles Max Wood. You probably haven't heard from me in a while. If this is the only devchat.tv show you listen to, if it's not, uh, then you might have heard me on some of the other shows. I'm just jumping on. I'm probably going to talk for 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes uh, and just kind of fill you in on what's going on here with Elixir Mix. I remember working my tail off to become a senior developer. I read every book I could get my hands on. I went to any conference I could and watched the videos about the things that I thought I needed to learn. And eventually I got that senior developer job. And then I realized that the rest of my career looked just like where I was now. I mean, where was the rush I got from learning? What was I supposed to do to keep growing? And then I found it. I got the chance to mentor some developers. I started a podcast and helped many more developers. I did screencasts and helped even more developers. I kind of became a dev hero. And now I want to help you become one too. And if you're looking forward to something more than doing the same thing at a different job three years from now, then join the Dev Heroes Accelerator. I'll walk you through the process of building and growing a following and finding people that you can uniquely help as you build the next stage of your career. You can learn more at devheroesaccelerator.com. You might have gotten a couple of older episodes. You're probably wondering what's going on. Um, and so let me fill you in. So the guys who were running this show kind of had a desire to do things a little differently than the way that I do them. And so they decided that they wanted to go and do their own thing. And I, they started a new show. I think it's called Thinking Elixir, uh, if I remember right. And um, anyway, so they, they, you know, gone and done that. And uh, I really haven't been doing much Elixir lately. And so I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do with this show. Um, the, the reality is, is that I really do want to continue this show. I am not the Elixir expert that can actually carry this show and give you the content that you're used to. And so I'm looking for hosts. I'm looking for people who can fill in. Now, I think I've already found one person. Um, but if you're out there doing work in Elixir and you want to join a show, I would love to have you on the show. In order to do that, you can just go to devchat.tv slash hosts. And there will be a form there and you can just apply to be a host. And what we'll do is I'll just uh, schedule a time to talk to you and we'll see about getting you on the show so that you can be a host. Now, it's funny because I tend to get a couple of different responses from people when I talk to them about being a host on the show. And sometimes what it is is, well, I don't feel like I'm an expert or I'm not one of the blessed chosen, you know, whatever your term is for the people that are kind of at the top of the, the, the food chain, so to speak within the community. And so they don't feel like they're worthy or capable of doing it. And what I found is that if you get a group of regular developers together, you can put together a pretty awesome show. And as long as you're interested in staying up to date on what's going on in the community, it turns into a very, very awesome conversation. And so even if you feel like, you know what, I'm not quite where I want to be with my expertise, or I'm not uh, James Edward Gray or, you know, whoever is out there in, in the Elixir community, you know, I'm not Jose Valim. Um, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you want to come and you want to talk about Elixir. And as long as you're willing to chime in and share your opinion and learn a few things from the other panelists about Elixir, you will make a fine panelist. And I know that it probably sounds like maybe I'm not setting the bar super high, 
that's why I talk to you first, right? Is to make sure that you're a fit for the show and a fit for what we're trying to do. But honestly, if you're willing to do the work to prepare each week for the show and be on the show, then you're a good fit for the show. Well, and you're willing to talk on the show, right? Because I've had that issue too, where people, I talk to them, get to know them. I think they're well qualified for the show. And then they come week, week to week, but they don't ever say anything. Um, that, that doesn't work. So, you know, if you want to show up, you want to be part of the conversation. Um, early on, on Ruby Rogues, when I started the show with James and a bunch of other folks, I was asking all the newer programmer questions, right? Because I'd been programming for a grand total of like two or three years. No, it'd been more than that. It was probably five years, but they were still way more advanced than me. And so I would just ask those questions. Um, JavaScript Jabber, Amy Knight, when she joined the show, she'd been programming for a year or two and would ask all the beginner questions, right? All the basic stuff that we just kind of gloss over because we'd been doing JavaScript for as long as we had been. So, you know, it's nice to have one or two newer people on the show who can kind of keep it real for the people who don't have as much experience and then have a couple of experienced people to fill in the gaps and to find sometimes the deeper parts of things that we can share on the show. So all of that said, if you're interested and you're worried about being qualified, let me make that call. Just uh, go apply devchat.tv slash hosts. Now, the other reason that you may want to do this, and I've actually started coaching people on this, right? If you go to uh, devheroesaccelerator.com, you can actually apply to be part of this program. And what I'm doing there is I'm actually helping people get ahead in their careers. And a lot of that has to do with doing the podcast, right? So essentially what we're diving into there is we're talking about how to raise your profile so that you can get more freelance clients, so you can get the job that you want, so that you can <clears throat> you can wind up speaking at conferences, you can um, be more involved in the community in general. Um, having a podcast also helps get you invitations to work on open source projects. I mean, there are a whole myriad of benefits to being on a podcast. And so basically, I mean, that's, that's one of the options that you have when you want to be a podcast host is it'll, it'll open up all these doors. So just to give you an idea of a few things that I've been able to, um, I've been able to pull together are things like, uh, for example, when I was newer programmer, right? So I started screencasts and podcasts in about 2008. So I'd been, I'd been a programmer for like two years because I really got into podcasting in 2006 or, or into programming uh, in 2006. So, um, you know, I, I was super involved. I was going to the users groups. I was really, really enjoying these jobs. And one of the things that happened was I'd been podcasting for about a year and I've told this story before, but if you, and so if you've heard it, I'm sorry, but um, I'd been programming for about a year professionally, right? So I'd been programming a bit at uh, my previous job and did QA for six months. And then I went on to this other job, right? And this other job, they picked me up because basically they thought I could pick things up quickly. And I did. And I was, I was fairly good at what I was doing. But what happened was, um, after a year, all of their Ruby clients um, went away, right? So the client I'd been working for, 
essentially what happened. So I worked for one client before that and they ran out of money. Then I wound up working for another client and I was building a download.com clone way back when download.com was like this force on the internet. And uh, they, they were almost completely dependent on um, traffic off of Google and Google changed their algorithm. And they basically had a major cutback in their income while they learned to deal with that. And so they went to my boss and said, we can't afford to keep him because it was a consultancy. Um, and so they brought me in, they shot me around to a few other clients and then laid me off because none of them would take me because I was too new. In fact, that was exactly what the company that they were really hoping to land me with told them was they, they took one look at my resume and said, he's too green. We don't want him. Right. And even though the other developer on the project was telling him, look, he's, you know, he's a decent rails developer. They weren't willing to take a chance on me. So my boss called me in and said, look, Chuck, I hate to do this, but we're laying you off effective immediately. Um, which also made me upset because they had told me, well, we bench people for, you know, a few, a few weeks until we find them something, right? And I figured in a few weeks, I could pick up um, C-sharp or Flex, Flash, which is what they specialized in, or Java. Uh, I could pick up one of those and, you know, just move on to a different programming thing. And instead, they laid me off immediately. So I showed up at my house and it was like 11 a.m. And my wife looks at me and she's like, what are you doing home? And I'm like, well, they laid me off, right? So I get to spend the day with you and the kids. And it also happened to be, I think it was our third anniversary, a third wedding anniversary. So, you know, just complete happenstance, you know, I show up and so I'm like, well, we get to spend our anniversary together. Um, so I, in the middle of the day, I kind of put my resume out to a bunch of places and I get a phone call from one of them. And they're like, well, hey, you know, can you come in for an interview today? And I was like, well, sure. You know, I didn't have any plans till that night, really. And my wife and I were going to go out to dinner for our anniversary. So I go down and drive over to their office and I get in there and I start talking to this guy, Jared, who's, you know, the boss that's doing the hiring. And we start chatting about Ruby on Rails. And by that time, I had started both the Rails Coach podcast as well as the Teach Me to Code screencast series. And so we start chatting and, you know, he gets pretty comfortable that I know my way around Ruby on Rails. So we do the interview. He's like, yeah, well, I'll call you when we make a decision. I walk out the door. Um, and I got a call 10 minutes later because he'd gone on to teachmetocode.com and looked at what had been done there. And I can't take all the credit for it because uh, uh, Eric Berry started it and ran it for a year or so and then turned it over to me. And I had done all the recent videos on there. But yeah, not all of it was was Chuck. But at the same time, it had my name on it, had my face on it, had all, you know, it was very obviously my work. And all the recent videos were me talking about things that you could do in Ruby on Rails. And so he calls me up and he says, so I went and checked out your website. When can you start? And of course I said, well, I can come back tomorrow, you know, because I had just been laid off. He's like, perfect. So I went in and I got hired there. Well, the story doesn't stop there. And this is the part that I don't generally tell people. So when we get there, they had two teams running. They had one team building um, a lead generation system, which was kind of their main bread and butter. 
Um, and they had some other system, I guess, that they were paying for, but didn't do everything they wanted. And so they were going to custom build it. And that's why they hired me and a bunch of other folks. And at the same time, they also hired another team to build an email marketing system. And so they put together this competition. And, you know, if, if we met our criteria before the other team met their criteria, we would get a MacBook, which was cool, right? You know, they, they buy me a thousand dollar laptop. And so I was all over that. So after about two weeks, we get done and we won, we won the laptop. And so they bought me a MacBook and, you know, so I, yeah, it was one of those white plastic ones. <laughs> good old, good days, good days. Um, but anyway, so I, I win that. And then the next day they call me in and they go, Chuck, we want you to be the team lead. Now, granted, I had been programming full-time for my full-time job for a year, one year. But I was the person who had shown the most dedication to learning Ruby on Rails. I was the person that knew the framework better than anybody else. And so I was the one that wound up being the team lead, right? Hey, folks, if you love this podcast and would like to support the show, or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages, then you're in luck. We're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas 2020 without the ads. Signing up will help us pay for editing and production, and you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium. You know, I, I always joke, you get you get promoted to uh, to the highest level of incompetence, which is a saying that somebody else made up. But anyway, that that's kind of the deal, right? So I, I wound up becoming the team lead also off of my podcasting and screencasting. Um, another thing that came out of it a little bit later was um, RubyConf was being held in New Orleans. And I had talked to the people who were organizing it. I think I, it was Chad Fowler and somebody else. But somehow I wound up finagling a free ticket to the conference. But I couldn't afford to fly out and stay in a hotel in New Orleans for the conference. And so I was out of luck. And I kind of put out there on the internet, I think I tweeted it, that I was looking for some way to, you know, stay in New Orleans because I finally finagled, you know, airfare. I could afford to pay for my airplane ticket, but I couldn't afford the hotel. And so this guy who had contributed a video to teach me to code way back in the day and had been listening to the podcast to Rails Coach and watching the videos, he emails me and says he'll pay for the hotel. And I'm like, okay. And so he booked me into a hotel oh, down in, you know, French Quarter, um, you know, down by where they had the conference. And so I had to walk like four blocks, but, you know, I, I got to go to the conference. And that was awesome. The other thing that came out of that was that I met a whole bunch of other people who were well-known and well-regarded within the Ruby community. One of them was James Edward Gray. He was like the second person I interviewed. The first person I interviewed was Greg Pollock, who started Code School, and he's doing a bunch of other stuff now. But he, uh, I emailed him when I started listening to podcasts, and I said, hey, I want to start a podcast. And he emailed me back and said, you should do it. 
So you can blame him for this whole mess. Um, but yeah, I interviewed James and then I interviewed a bunch of other people. Um, later that year, I wound up going to RailsConf. And I remember I, I was walking through the crowd to find a seat for the keynote. And DHH, uh, David Heinemeyer Hansen, is one of the people that speaks at RailsConf every year, right? He created Rails. And uh, anyway, so I'm walking down and there was a seat open next to him. And I'm like, I'm going to go for it. <laughs> so I sit down next to him and, you know, I didn't know what to say to him. I look at him like, hey, you know, because I, I I was very eloquent at the time. Hey. And he's like, oh, hi. You know, and I'm sure he was used to people coming up and going, oh, I love Rails. Right. And uh, so and I didn't want to be that. But that's what was going on inside my head was, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And I look at him and I go, I go, look, um, I really like, you know, what you what you do. I really appreciate Rails, but I would really love to have you come on my podcast and talk to me. And he looked at me and I swear that was the longest, like 20 seconds of my life before he said, okay. And so I got to interview DH, DHH. And then um, a little while later, uh, when we started Ruby Rogues, just periodically I'd email him and say, hey, can you come on Ruby Rogues? And sometimes he'd tell me, you know what, I've got all this stuff going on and I can't. Ask me in two months or three months and then I'd follow up. And then when I'd follow up, he'd say, okay, well, I think I can make this day at this time work. And so we've had him on a few times on Ruby Rogues. And so it's opened these doors to get to know all these other influencers. And it's it's really been an awesome opportunity. And we've had Jose on. We've had uh, Chris McCord on. We've had a bunch of other people that you would have heard of in the Elixir community on the show. And so if you want to be on the show and you want to have opportunities to talk to these people, I'm planning on going back and inviting all these people back. And so if you want an opportunity to talk to them, that, that's just another reason to join the show. But the other thing is, is when I went freelance, because I had a lot of these connections, people wanted to know who I was. And so once I was freelance, I would just go on the podcast when I had a gap in my schedule for work. and. I tell people that I was looking for a contract and I would get a contract. I mean, people would just call me up, right? It'd be like, Hey, I'm looking for work. If you, you know, and I get an email and then I get on a phone call with them and then I wind up working for them for six months. And so, you know, if, if you're building any kind of career like that at all, if you're trying to sell courses, if you're trying to just get your name out there, this is a terrific way to do it. And so I guess that's what I'm, I'm doing is I'm basically explaining why you might want to be on the show, right? And be regarded the same way that the people that you're used to listening to on Elixir Mix are regarded by you and people like you, right? And so you you have this opportunity to get out there and become well-known. Um, now, I'm also coaching somebody who runs a freelance business, right? And so we had a conversation about how he could use podcasting to grow his freelance business. And one of the things that we discussed was being, you know, putting together a podcast. And so what we're working on is we're working on building a show that is, that appeals to his customers. Right. So usually when you wind up doing freelance work, you are not out there catering to other programmers. 
right? They're not the ones that are going to hire you. Sometimes they'll recommend you like, and this is the way it worked for me, right? On JavaScript Jabber and Ruby Rogues is I'd get out there and I'd say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm looking for a contract. And I would get a call from somebody who wanted to work directly with me and they would effectively sell me to their boss, right? So that their boss would hire me to help them solve whatever problems they had. And so that was the the sales pitch. And that's how I got those jobs. But typically what you're doing is you're not selling to other programmers. You're actually selling to people who have a specific business problem. And so if you know what that business problem is, then you make a show about that, right? And so effectively what I could do is, and, and the thing that I kind of started picking up gigs for was building um, some kind of social network, right? Custom social network for for different companies, right? And so um, I had an insurance company hire me essentially to clone Facebook for their customers. I had another company that um, had me build Twitter for triathletes, right? Um, I had another company hire me to build, uh, basically, it was a blend between like Facebook groups and a task manager, right? And one of those I think is still out there and the other ones, you know, never really saw the light of day, you know, based on business decisions, right? But they spent the money to have them put together. And so at the end of the day, you know, I I, I got picked up by these business people. And so if I had it to do over again, um, when I was freelancing, because I also picked up a bunch of like spree contracts, um, which I think people nowadays generally use Solidus in Ruby, but um, I picked up, it's e-commerce. So I picked up a bunch of e-commerce stuff. I picked up a, a bunch of other custom stuff that people wanted done. Um, I wound up customizing um, Instructure Canvas for, for a few people, right? And so if I had to go back, what I would do is I would actually pick one of those, right? So with my Ruby expertise, I might it might be um, how to manage your Shopify store or how to manage your learning management system or how to man- manage your education company or how to manage your um, custom social network, right? And then it would be, okay, well, if you need a custom social network, then come talk to me, right? Because I've built them before. Or if you need uh, Shopify modifications, then come hire me, right? And so I'm talking about Shopify. I'm talking about business, right? But what I'm doing is I'm demonstrating that I understand the business requirements that they're going to have. And then being part of something like Ruby Rogues would demonstrate that I have the technical expertise to pull it off. And so that's what I'm kind of coaching this particular client through. But if you're, if you're a freelancer, especially in the Elixir space, then this is an excellent opportunity for you to basically have some social proof for your customers by saying, look, um, I clearly understand what you need, but if you have any questions about my technical expertise, I'm regularly on a panel on this podcast that talks about technology. And I mean, they don't care if it's Elixir or if it's Moonbeams, right? You know, or, you know, watching grass grow. All they want to know is that it's some kind of technology that you can use to solve their issue. And so... Anyway, so if you're looking to build any kind of career like that, it's this is also a great opportunity for you. And then, you know, you can turn that into speaking at conferences and things like that. Because as you get to know more people who are well known for speaking, who run conferences and things like that, you're going to have all of these opportunities open up to you. Hey, folks, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been working a lot on 
figuring out how to help people become the most valuable developers on their teams or becoming the top 5% of developers in the field. If you're looking to level up, figure out how to contribute more, get the career you want, get the career that you want that will support the lifestyle you want, then you should check out the Most Valuable Dev Summit. I've invited some of my friends across the community, people that you've heard of, people that have worked on systems that you use on a daily basis, people who have invented new ways of doing things over the years in programming, and I've asked them one question, and that question is, how do you become a top 5% developer? How do you become one in 20 of the best developers out there? And so we're going to go ahead and have that conversation with them in interviews on the Most Valuable Dev Summit. And you can find that at summit.mostvaluable.dev. That's, that's my recommendation. And like I said, I, I really would love to get to know you. And I'm going to be co-hosting the show for a while. So, um, yeah, feel free to jump in, devchat.tv slash hosts. And, uh, yeah, we'll set up a time to talk. And... We will figure that out. If you're looking to build podcasts in other areas, some of the other shows also need hosts. And like I said, you can also just go join the uh, Dev Heroes Accelerator and we'll talk to you about how you can build the kind of careers that give you the opportunities that I was talking about a minute ago. Because I also got invited to speak at conferences or if I would submit a talk to speak at the conference, it always helped that I had the podcast because they were hoping that I would talk about it on the show and bring people to the conference. Um, and so, you know, through all these things, this is what I was getting. Um, and so I, I talk, I'll teach you how to get all that together um, in the Dev Heroes Accelerator. Now, one other thing uh, that also happened through all this is that uh, I've been invited to um every Microsoft conference for the last like four or five years. And we, we got invited to those to interview people for JavaScript Jabber and iFreaks. And so that, that's just another opportunity that came out of the podcast. And I would imagine that in some ways, Ruby Rogues also, we went and did, I think we did a RubyConf. I think it was RubyConf. We did one of the keynotes, like all five of us. We just, you know, they gave us the time and we just did it in front of everybody. Uh, Jim Wyrick actually sketched us all on his iPad. And then um, we also did it at Lone Star Ruby Conference. And so that's another thing that may come out of this, you know, because I know several people who run the Elixir conferences, and I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, I've also been an exhibitor at a couple of conferences um, as I've done interviews at those conferences. So anyway, it opens up all kinds of opportunities to you. And I'm hoping that I can parlay a lot of this work you're going to do on the show just showing up and preparing into the kinds of opportunities that we're talking about for your career. So anyway, um, that's pretty much all I've got. So I'm just going to throw it out there one more time, devchat.tv slash hosts, if you'd like to be a host for the show. And uh, yeah, um, I'll go find stuff on Elixir. I'm going to bone up on it. I think I already have one host, so he may be around next time. And uh until they max out. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.